is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. And today I am very excited to have on the show Holly Copeland. Welcome, Holly. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, one of the things that I find just fascinating is your title. So Holly is the Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility at Horizon Therapeutics. And that whole corporate social responsibility just like it stood out like a beacon for me. So tell us what that is and how you do that at Horizon Therapeutics. Certainly. Um, so the, the, the title of corporate social responsibility is really intended to, to capture this, this idea um, that there is a, um, you know, a responsibility uh, for businesses to, to really think about how they thrive within a particular ecosystem. And so there are all these variables that, that drive profitability and culture and, and success of an organization. Um, but there are some external variables that sometimes um, kind of get left out or just um, not um, aren't put into to focus. And those include things like the infrastructure in a community, the roads and the bridges, the education system that's that's creating the talent that the, a company may hire, um, and as well as the vulnerable communities that might exist um, within a particular ecosystem. And so the idea of corporate social responsibility is to really take this holistic view of all of the stakeholders that are contributing towards the success of a particular business or organization and to really make a concerted effort to invest in all of those areas. Um, and so at Horizon, um, we take that, that responsibility very seriously. It's, it's been something that we ingrained from the very beginning um, of our company, thanks to our founding CEO, Tim Wolbert, um, really having this vision of, of wanting to build a company that uh, was invested in the community and kind of supporting all of those stakeholders um, from our inception. Wow. So, and so tell me, how long has Horizon been around? So Horizon's been in existence for a little more than a decade. And when the company was just five years old is when the this founding CEO, Tim, um, brought me on board to really build and grow this corporate social responsibility department from the ground up. Um, which is exciting in, in many different um, ways. Um, I would say most notably because the company was not yet profitable. So that's, um, you know, it's a pretty big deal for the CEO of a then public company to make that decision to invest in, in corporate social responsibility, giving back, um, just as he was building his business development team, his human resources team, all of the other functions that kind of build and grow a business. He he had the vision and the foresight to understand how important it would be to culture and to, um, you know, the the foundation of the company that he was building to make sure community was a part of it from the beginning. Um, but what else is notable about that is um, when I first joined, we one of the first things we did was benchmarking. We wanted to understand what our peers were doing. We didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, so we were curious to hear how other companies of our size were giving back. And we discovered through that benchmarking that they actually, none of our peers were giving back yet. Um, so we were so early in the, the, the development of the business that, um, you know, our peers just hadn't had taken that leap yet. And given we have this incredibly entrepreneurial driven culture, it was a really exciting opportunity for us to, to get to define what it means to give back for companies of our size and, and really um, hopefully serve as a, 
is the inspiration for others to think about how they could also figure out how to give back in ways that would, would help their culture and help their, their company. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. I have so many questions. Um, so fascinating that as you all did your research and just found that you really are pioneers in that that push for that corporate social responsibility. And and I and I read on the website that you really do feel a, the importance of being that model for other organizations. So how do you? How do you do that? Do you, is it more of a passive, we do this and we really hope other companies will do it? Or do you have something more formal in place for that endeavor? Sure. Um, yeah, we, we definitely take a lot of pride in, in trying to inspire others to really consider that there isn't this binary approach to giving back. Sometimes a business or leaders, executive leadership might think that, well, we have to hit certain milestones within the business. We have to hit certain levels of profitability or have a certain ROI before we can take this step to really engage in, in philanthropy. And then once they make that decision, um, sometimes it can be like entirely separate function, um, separate from the business itself. And so what we try to advocate for is, you know, you do not have to be incorporated as a B Corp. You don't have to be a social entrepreneurship venture. You can really be motivated by, um, you know, deriving profits and and still include a prioritization for giving back into the business itself and really pull that across the business. And and so I'll, I'll give one example of how we try to apply that. Um, we have this uh, really creative, I, I would say innovative program that we built called Boards Plus. And the intention there is to identify employees that are interested in serving on a nonprofit board. So there's a professional development opportunity, a growth opportunity for them kind of tying into their personal interests. And, and then we find nonprofits that are interested in having board members. We engage in a matchmaking service. It's sort of, we call it the e-harmony of bo nonprofit board service. Um, introduce them. Hopefully they hit it off and fall in love with each other and there's a match. And then we kind of support them through their board service by um, leveraging financial resources, giving them guidance and connecting them with other employees that serve on boards. Um, so the idea there is to, to really think about how we can use our corporate social responsibility work in ways that benefit the business um, from a cultural standpoint for HR, professional development, et cetera. And we've got lots of other examples. And then we take those and then we share them with our peers. So we, we share that information with other businesses, certainly share it with nonprofits who kind of become our ambassadors and sharing with their other partners some of these ideas. Because the goal is, um, you know, not to have ownership over a particular idea, but to really help these ideas spread and inspire other businesses to kind of take the same steps. Great, great. All right. So tell me what a typical day for you looks like. And maybe there's no such thing as typical. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, well, and it's certainly different uh, due to COVID, that's for sure. Um, so our team now, we, we're a small but mighty team. There are now four of us. We just recently added a, a new woman to the team. And, um, you know, what started uh, as I would say sort of like utility work, right? Like just kind of trying to do everything because it was just myself um, at the very beginning and 
connecting employees, understanding the priorities of the, the executive team, building partnerships, and then kind of figuring out you know, what our strategy is going to be in the midst of all this to kind of pull it together. Um, but now we, we have the ability to sort of um, specialize where we've got a member of our team who focuses on our global office locations, how to engage the employees um, within those, those geographic areas in ways that are localized and really speak to the team there. Um, we have another employee on our team who's really focused on the employee programs that we've created. So that board matching is one, but we've got a number of other employee um, focused programs. Um, the new woman who joined our team will be focused on engaging our field employees directly. And then my day-to-day -day is really composed of thinking about how do we continue to engage the executives in our work to make sure that the, the, the outcomes are aligned with the business? And then how do we leverage that in ways to create really meaningful, unique partnerships at the national and, and international level. And so when you kind of mix it all together, the, the, the goal here is to make sure all of our, our internal stakeholders are touched in a really meaningful way. Um, and, and, you know, that's, I guess, the special sauce. <laughs> Great. Do you find that the majority of your employees participate in these corporate social responsibility endeavors? And the other question would be, and if so, is it mandatory actually? So it is not mandatory. And um, what we found, or I guess what we try to do is to create like almost like a, a buffet of options, right? Because if you have sort of a limited approach in scope, then you might speak to a certain segment of the population of your employee base, but not others. So some employees like to roll up their sleeves and go do a project where they're cleaning up litter. Other employees prefer to Skype um, with students in a classroom and give them guidance on a STEM project that they're working on. Other employees might want to um, you know, leverage their work in ways that are creative and involve giving back. For example, our facilities team, which is a group that you might not think would be a, a strong CSR partner, um, has been one of our greatest partners internally. We recycle and refurbish all sorts of office equipment, um, Christmas trees from our holiday party. Um, I, I could go on and on, but we, we work with them so nothing goes to waste. Anything that's no longer of use to the business gets donated to one of our partners who are in need and greatly appreciated. So understanding that if you provide this full spectrum of opportunities, something hopefully will speak to every single employee and they might not participate in everything, but they're gonna raise their hand and they're gonna engage in the activity that's really important or, or relevant for them. I, that's just fantastic. One of um, my, the the mission and vision for my company, the Shula Group, is that idea of creating, you know, some sort of corporate social responsibility, helping our clients do that. In and the way that I envision it is the the villages of old, where everybody helped out, everybody had a job. You know, that whole it takes a village, right? Not just to raise the children, but to to do everything. And that I really see the value in that and, and being part of the community as such. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one other approach that we've taken that um, 
I feel like emphasizes the role of our partners, the nonprofit partners as sort of equal stakeholders in that, that value creation that the employees experience is, is making a point to kind of stand shoulder to shoulder with them in identifying what the needs are. So we, we have this approach where we don't go to our partners and say, you know, we want to fund a computer lab and we want to cut the ribbon and this is, you know, the parameter, the narrow parameters of our funding and, and that's it, um, which historically has really been a way that a lot of companies have approached philanthropy, like just they know what they want to do for kind of PR sake, right, for being honest and, and, and that's it. So what we've tried to do is take this alternative approach to go to our partners and say, what do you need, right? Like, you know, better than anyone else and certainly better than us, what your, what your mission is and what your stakeholders need, the customers that you're serving. And, and once they share that with us, then we try to find those overlapping areas. Like where is their alignment with their gaps and the assets that we can bring to bear and our priorities, and then really focus our efforts where there is that overlap. Mm -hmm. So it's created this, this, um, I would argue rich experience, not just for our employees who get to work on these projects directly and engage, but also equally meaningful for the, the nonprofits that we're working with, because they're seeing a lot of value in the way that we show up in the partnerships with them. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Holly, tell me about the relationship between the different offices. I assume you have more than, than one, you know, one location and the communities they serve. Sure. Yes. Um, so we do now have um, a multiple global office locations. And, um, you know, when we first started, uh, a majority of our work was focused on the Chicagoland area, just because our CEO is based there. Um, I am there. And so um, a lot of our work kind of started there. But as we grew the portfolio and we started to, to develop these, these other locations, um, it, it became very clear that the, the priority areas of giving um, from for us in Chicagoland, but then also as a corporate entity, might not be perfectly aligned with the issues that might be um, relevant in a particular community. So I'll I'll share like our South San Francisco office, for example, um, two issues that are top of mind for them um, that are you know not as relevant in other global office locations include homelessness, which is just a, a, a major issue for the area. Um, as well as wildfires. So they have their own wildfire season and it's just sort of this ongoing um, you know, natural disaster that the community has, has to deal with. And so for them, it was really important that the funding that we provided to that office, that those local funds had the ability to address those issues. Um, and so what we do, in it, which is exciting, is find ways to even identify the alignment between the local priorities and our corporate priorities. So again, kind of looking for that overlap. So some of the support that we extend to a youth shelter, we make sure that the support is extended in a way that exposes them to STEM careers and um, kind of bring it back to the business. So just applying this sort of creative lens on how we work with them to make sure local interests are prioritized and still sort of tying it back to the, the corporate priorities as well. That just sounds so fascinating to me and that there is that connection. And it's, I can imagine that for some of our listeners that may be too, you know, a bit of a thing to try to wrap their heads around that idea that here are these needs in the community and we can try to help meet those needs in a way that furthers the goals of our organization. Um, 
can you give an easy illustration of that? Yes. Um, so for example, in the Chicagoland area, we have a, a very um, important relationship with a school called Perspectives Math and Science Academy. Um, it is a, um, a school that is unfortunately impacted by poverty, violence, um, and you know all the, the the sort of repercussions of those kinds of situations. Um, the principal at one point had suggested, you know, ninety percent plus of the students had some sort of PTSD, either acute or chronic, just given that the living situation. So just a really challenging environment. And um, and so when we went to them and we said, you know, where are your gaps? What are your needs? How can we help you? Um, what ended up happening is just we created this incredible relationship where. We invest in, in three main areas, infrastructure, um, programming, and employee engagement. Um, but the, the, the ways that we, the projects that we've invested in, for example, like a piece of meditation room um, where the students who historically, if they're you know, affected by trauma, their nervous systems might be heightened in the classroom and that manifests in ways that typically would um, result in them being put in detention or suspension, which of course is not a good outcome. Um, so now they they are referred to this piece of meditation room. We cover the cost of the full-time employee who's in the room waiting for the kids. They work on healthy coping skills. And then the objective is to get them back into the classroom. And our data has shown, which is so exciting, that the, the suspension rate and the detention rate has like plummeted at the school since this resource became available for the kids. And I could list a number of different, we could talk, we could use a whole podcast to talk about this partnership. It's It's one of my favorite elements um, but the goal here is when we think about what builds a good business and we're in the STEM field, we're in healthcare, well, diversity of thought is important, right? So we want to diversify our pipelines for talent. Well, how do we do that? Well, you know, it's a big problem and we can't solve the big problem, but what we can do is narrow our scope into this school and this community and invest deeply with them in ways that are going to hopefully inspire these kids to consider STEM careers, whereas otherwise they may not. Um, and, and hopefully through our support, remove some of the obstacles that stand in their way to consider other things like education post high school. And, and the approach that we've taken is to really think about that full life cycle of the, the STEM talent, our future STEAM leaders. So not only are we in the school providing a, a whole host of supportive services, um, but we have a scholarship program now um, at Howard University. So the, the students that graduate, they're interested in, in going on to college, but the financial aid package isn't enough. Now we have programs, um, it's called the Horizon Scholars Program, um, where they can access scholarship funds. And then we have a summer internship program. And then hopefully at some point, maybe they'll be working for us, right? So it's thinking about how, what, what are the priorities of your business and your company? And for us, like diversity of thought, diversity of experience is so important to have in our employee base. And so we invest our dollars in ways that help kind of further that goal or make it more possible to achieve. I, one of the things I wrote down in my notes, because I love this idea, is that you funded a piece of meditation room in a school along with a full-time employee. So it's not just, Oh, if you need a timeout, yeah, you can go in there and, and relax. It's, it's no, there's someone there to help guide them. And oh my gosh, and that right there, I would think would pique the interest of other organizations who have that, 
that bit of, you know, oh, I want to do something, but I don't know what I could do or, you know, they, or they're limited. Like you said, there's, you, you encourage your employees to have this creative lens of how can we help in the community providing that big buffet, as you said, then gives all these options and it probably promotes that creativity. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm just very excited as you can tell. No, that's exactly right. And furthermore, you don't need money to do it. Like when we first started our program, the budget was modest. Like we had a budget, but it was modest. And so employees, businesses shouldn't feel like, well, we have to wait until we have X million dollars to spend on this. No, you can start organizing volunteer projects. You can start doing donation drives with your employees early on. And even now we still do quarterly donation drives where we support the homeless students at our partner school. And our employees donate um, school supplies. They do holiday gift shopping so we can support them and their families for the holidays. For the first generation college students, the employees will donate college supplies. So we do these kits for the kids. So there are lots of ways that you can engage your employees around this kind of work that don't require big price tags. Well, that was going to be one of my questions was, <laughs> so say someone's listening and they think, wow, we should really start some sort of corporate social responsibility initiative in our organization, because as Holly says, we don't have to be, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation, we can start small. And that was going to be my question. So what would you recommend for an organization, how they can start? So I just want to um, summarize some of the things you said, you know, the food drive, um, collecting supplies. Um, and, And I would think that part of that is, as you said, identify a need in in the community. And I know one of the things in in our local community here in Maryland is there's parts of the community that have that that low socioeconomic um, demographic. And so what happens, of course, in COVID, oh my goodness, but pre-COVID, you know, the children who were on the free and reduced lunch plans, you know, they'd go to school and they'd get breakfast and they'd get lunch there. Well, then comes the weekend. And so this one organization started, it's called Blessings in a Black in a Backpack. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they, they get donations and then they put the food in the backpack. And then the kid on Friday, you know, afternoon before he or she goes home, grabs a backpack. And that way it's not a bag of food where other people might make fun of the child. It's in a backpack mm-hmm. and they can take the food home. It's, it's something that they can do if they, you know, maybe it's a lunchable, something like that. And so that's something that I know is an initiative here in our community. And that could be something that, that in our organization, we could volunteer, donate, run food drives, you know, fill the black we have, we, we've um, volunteered to fill the backpacks. So I just want to reinforce what you said, Holly, about identify that need in the community and what you do doesn't have to be this huge grand initiative if you don't have the resources to do that. That's exactly right. And and I think what people will find and certainly what we found at Horizon is that employees really enjoy seeing their company show up in these sort of ways. It, it, it creates a lot of pride in a way that I think is hard to, to create otherwise. 
some people like view their job as like, well, that's where I go and I collect my paycheck. And, and, you know, maybe that's the culture of your organization and, and, and that's okay. Right. But I know for us at Horizon, and I, I believe at a lot of places, there's this drive to have something that's more intimate, more warm. <laughs> and, and if that's the case, creating these sort of experiences for employees just allows the, 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 the company to create space for the employees that want to give back to, to feel like they're a part of something bigger than just themselves when they show up at work and, and part of something that goes beyond, you know, what's written down on a piece of paper is their job description. Okay. That was wonderful. I can't write it fast enough. <laughs> oh my goodness. Cause that you're right. It's about that positive company culture. I mean, that's what we're all about. And yes, you're right. Maybe there are some organizations that that culture is show up, do your work, shut up, go home. And, and we, that's it. Um, you know, for us, it's a sad state when we see it's not usually our clients because our clients don't have this problem or if they do, they're trying to, to solve it, but that there are some organizations who, they say, nope, work should be at work and, and home should be at home and never the twain shall meet. And that's just not possible because we are people and humans and we we bring that to whatever situation we're in, whether it's our work life or our home life, even if our home life, our work life tends to be in mm-hmm. our home nowadays. Uh, but yeah, that whole positive culture and community, that's that's just how I feel is that a work ecosystem is is just another community. That's exactly right. And, you know, if we want to talk about the business too, right, how how can you measure the impact of this kind of stuff on the business? Well, it's very hard because a lot of it's qualitative, but I would guarantee most HR teams and your, your CEO and executives pay very close attention to their recruitment and retention rates and the costs and the turnover. Those are real numbers. And um, if you have a warm, vibrant culture where people have pride and they're excited to show up at work every day, it's gonna have a residual impact on, on those business metrics for sure. And you know, in our case, it, I think um, it's the primary driver for why we keep getting named to these top workplace lists like we now it's it's almost comical like it's you know fortune magazine the cranes it's like we just keep and i think it's because we've we've invested in this way that's created this virtuous cycle so employees we've heard in in our interviews they'll say i came to horizon i'm in r&d i'm in facilities i'm in bd but i came to horizon because i saw how you show up in the community i've seen all your posts and i'm so excited to join this place and like, what's the value of that, except further fueling this, this culture that feeds on itself. Um, and so it's, it's, I, I would argue it's a, it's one of the most tangible things that are within a business's power to, to, to drive the culture and the excitement around the work. And I mean, I was gonna say, isn't that why we're here? I mean, it's why my company exists. It's why, you know, Horizon exists and why you have um, the responsibility of overseeing the corporate social responsibility department. Um, and I just really hope that everybody listening is, is getting this, this little tap maybe on the shoulder of there is more we can do and not from a 
of course, there's more we can do, not that heavy, but that whole like, wow, there are other ways to make a difference. And my company, my organization can be Mm -hmm. part of that. I completely agree with you because sometimes it can feel overwhelming. I like there are so many needs that exist in the world. And even within your community, you know, there's just this full range of, you know, difficult situations. And, and what I found is instead of being overwhelmed by the breadth and scale of the need to really just narrow your focus on what you can control. Like for us, again, this partnership with Perspectives Myth and Science Academy, like we believe that in five years, we're going to look back and we would have, you know, invested millions of dollars financially, thousands of volunteer hours from employees, and and hopefully have several of their their graduates working at it, like, we'll be able to look back with a lot of pride that like, this, we had an impact on, you know, the, the, the greater issue of like, education and inequities in the country and the world, like, we can't solve that problem, but we can solve this. So, I would just encourage your listeners to think about that too. Like what, what's important to their employee base and what, what are the needs in their community and just find something and grab a hold of it and invest your time. Yes. I am. Um, I saw an article on my newsfeed this morning and I didn't click on it because I didn't agree with it. <laughs> it was something like Nobel researchers have discovered that most people don't want to be happy. And um, I read I that article. I, actually, I, I saw it yesterday and I read it. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to read that. I don't agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that what you're talking about reinforces my belief that that I don't agree because if the majority of people don't want to be happy, why would they give of themselves? Because they believe it's been proven that that gratitude just you know promotes those positive feelings of you know love and appreciation and and giving and doing mm-hmm. things increases those feelings of gratitude and appreciation and love. And so I don't believe. <laughs> with you for what it's worth you have my full support (laughs) we'll write the anti-article so um so holly this has been a fantastic conversation i'm so glad that uh, you've been a guest on my show today and tell us where people can find out more about horizon therapeutics and um and, and any last words you have for them Sure. Um, so if you'd like to learn more about the work that we're engaged in, I would encourage you to visit our website, which is horizontherapeutics.com. Um, we actually have a tab on the page that's dedicated to corporate social responsibility. So you can dig a bit deeper, some great videos that kind of talk about our work and do a great job storytelling better than I can do verbally. Um, and I guess at parting words, I would just encourage everyone to you know, find that one thing that they can do personally and, you know, maybe take it to their workplace and, and see if they can get a couple other employees and, and start to build some momentum and, um, you know, just start somewhere. Like you don't need this robust strategic plan in place to like map out the next five years. You can, again, just start with like a single activity and, and go from there. Thank you so much for that, Holly. It's, there are so many metaphors, right? The ripple effect and baby steps and, you know, we can, if each of us does a small thing that adds up to a very big thing. And so I second that, Holly, just 
you know, take that, that small step that, that you can do. So uh, Holly, thank you again for being part of the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And until next time, may you thrive.